0: Welcome to Law of Attraction in Action. Thank you so much for listening. I'm very, very excited about my guest today. I have two wonderful people here who are world travelers and nomads and their story is so inspirational. I was so excited when they said yes to be on my podcast. And they happen to be here in Portland, Oregon in my home. So I am so excited to see them in person as well and have them share their journey with you. So I have here, I have Steven Shishak and Dora Reese, and they are just so lovely and have so much to share. But before I go to any more introductions, I'm going to first have Stephen first share um kind of his life when I when I met Stephen, he was he came to my meetup group where I teach the law of attraction and his journey started three years ago where he sold his house and is traveling all over the world so I've been following him on Facebook so impressed with all that he's done to where I'm like I have to talk to him in person and when he said yes to my podcast I was like yes So, Stephen, thank you so much for being here, and Dora, thank you so much, too. And they'll tell you more about how they met, because it's a beautiful soulmate relationship. So, Stephen, how how are you? Thank you for being here.
1: I'm glad to be here, and um, it's nice to be back in Portland. This is uh, not where I grew up, but I do consider it to be my my hometown. Um, I did live here for nine years. And, uh, but that was, uh, ended three years ago. That was, it was another I,
0: life, right?
1: Yeah. I sold my house and everything in it and, um, travel, started traveling internationally with, uh, carry on luggage. Uh, so everything I own, um, fits on a plane.
0: That's awesome.
1: And I think you asked how I got how I what came inspi- to that. Well, um, yeah.
0: What inspired you? Cause well, I think so many people want to live an adventurous life. Like when yeah. I read your, what you write about your journey, I think how many of us would love to do this. So what, what inspired you or what made you say, screw it, I'm doing it. Like what was that turning point?
1: Yeah, it's not, um, it's not necessarily the most exciting things. It's the old, uh, when life gives you lemons, uh, hopefully make some lemonade. So, um, Keep in mind that uh, having been here in Portland, I was had been part of a community uh, of people who are travelers and entrepreneurs and creatives, and many of them are nom- nomads and people who have left kind of the, the nine to five and created a life on their own terms, which includes a subset of people who are travelers and who have decided to sell everything. So it wasn't like I had... I had never thought of that idea, and I had seen people doing it on my Facebook feed and knew people personally who, have, who had made that transition. Um, but in my particular case, it was a close succession of very difficult events that ultimately freed me from all responsibility um, that allowed this window of opportunity to um, present itself and that I decided to just jump into. Um, it involved a, a, a divorce and some complications relating to that of infidelity. And, and, and then my dog got sick and she died uh, a couple days later. Um, and I was left with grieving of, of, of a past relationship, the grieving of my, my pet who was as important to me as, as, as any person. Um, and all of a sudden it was gone and I was sitting in my big house. And, uh, and I knew exactly what I was going to do. I was going to sell everything and start traveling. So it took me about six, seven months of uh, both uh, grieving and processing all of that difficult information and then moving into planning mode. And uh, in about three months time, I put my house up for sale and, and, and it was done. And, you know, I had a two-car garage, suburban home in Beaverton, Oregon, you know, backyard with a trampoline and, the the, you know, a full house with with stuff. And and now, except for a few things stored in my mom's house, uh, I've got those two carry-on bags.
0: You know what I love is I think most of us find our true path when we go through something traumatic. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what my book's about, Thrive and Shine, How to Find Happiness When Life Falls Apart, because when my life fell apart, is when i found my true purpose and i actually when i met you i don't know if you remember this but you were you were down you were probably at that turning point when i met you
1: things had begun yeah, yeah. when when you and i met it was either it was probably 2012 i, I think mm-hmm. and i had um the reason i even found out about that law of attraction meetup group was i had my personal spiritual awakening to a month before that i, I actually made a timeline and I was able to uh, identify a 72-hour period at the end of February of 2012 in which I had my own personal spiritual awakening and everything shifted. And two main things came out of it. One was I realized that I had been externalizing and placing myself in victim role for most of my life and putting the blame on everyone else. And so I decided I would one, take one hundred percent accountability and responsibility for my past, present and future and no longer blame anyone, which is a I didn't know how to do that, but it was a scary thing.
0: That's huge. Um, and yeah. then
1: second was at the time I was at the, the, the beginning of the end of that marriage and we were fighting a lot. And I said, I will never uh, fight with this person again. And I somehow figured out how to do that. And so when I went to my very first law of attraction meeting, and I don't think you were there, mm-hmm. I made up a term for myself. And when I introduced myself to the group, I said, um, I'm an RNT. And then everyone was like, what's that? And it was like a setup. And I had not thought of this ahead of time. And I said, well, you know, I'm Steven, I'm a recovering negative thinker. And <laughs> I found this not. group and, uh, <laughs> and you know, and they laughed and, and, and I, that was the, and I started experimenting with anything and everything. The Law of Attraction group was very helpful for me for getting opened up to uh, prolific thinkers and writers and and influencers, both dead and and alive, in this space about how you can start to connect yourself in an energetic level.
0: Mm -hmm. So how did that lead you then to um, having that courage to just... Sell your house you in. know just get on the airplane and not look back
1: sometimes you don't have anything left
0: mm-hmm. there's
1: nothing left for you here
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and the only thing that that is there is is the unknown mm-hmm. and I mean I for me my own threshold everyone's on a spectrum right everyone's got a different threshold for what is insane or what's crazy. And I have always been someone who goes against the grain. Mm -hmm. Always. Mm -hmm. I have a documented, uh, literally a document from when I was four years old in preschool where the teacher asked all the kids, what's your favorite thing that your mommy makes food and, and how does she make it? So of course this is Way back when in the early 70s, no computers, nothing. Yeah. So they, they, all the kids answered the questions. They transcribed it, printed it up. It was two pages. The first page is full of like things like you know macaroni and cheese and apple pie and this and that. And then the last page, on the second page, there, were, there was a special category that said food for thought. And there were two kids who didn't answer the question correctly. One kid wrote about fire engines. And then I wrote a recipe called nothing where I took off the G and just had the N with the apostrophe. And my recipe was, you take nothing, you put it in a bowl, you add nothing, you get nothing. <laughs> so I'm four years old.
0: Uh-huh. I don't
1: know what the hell. I mean, I have a blog post that I never even finished that's, you know, called Nothing, Buddha or Bastard. I don't know if I was, you know, on the path to to the Buddha or I'm just an asshole. I'm not <laughs> sure, but... Um, That is my first documented piece of of material that I know of that says, uh, you know, it's really hard for me to follow the the mainstream. Uh So my threshold for adventure, for travel, I have a degree in outdoor recreation. I used to get paid to climb on mountains and go kayaking and lead groups and do that kind of stuff. So for me, it didn't seem that crazy. Plus, I mentioned I had a lot of people who had already done this. And I had also done a lot of travel before that, nothing this extensive. So it didn't seem that crazy for me.
2: Uh huh.
0: And what has the life been like now that you've been living for three years, not having a place to live, never having that certainty? What is that like?
1: It's great. It's super liberating. Um, I, when I had my house, I was always worried about my house and my stuff and security. And, you know, is there, is, is the water heater going to break and, you know, Am I going to have a flood? Am I going to have a huge expense? And so all that is gone. I only need to keep track of the things that are in my bags. And uh, I always tell Dora, I was like, if you're, if, you're, uh, if you're a nomad and you can't find something of yours, you got a problem. Because if everything you have is in two bags and you don't know where it is, something's wrong with your uh-huh. life. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. And we were talking earlier about decluttering. So you know yeah. how decluttering opens up space for more yeah. to come into your life. and we think when we say more to come into your life it's more materialistic things but what it does is you you get rid of that stuff you allow more of you to come into place would you agree with that absolutely
1: i mean there's the decluttering of of physical things certainly and then there's the decluttering spiritually there's Mm -hmm. the decluttering of our conditioned beliefs and stories that are you know get implanted into our brains by not not necessarily intentional but by the the parts of our society I mean there's certainly with our own parents and with our caregivers, with our schools with uh, whatever religious affiliation someone might be part of with our media you know there's lots of messages that are not your own thoughts but we adopt them as if they are our own and then we start trying to apply and live by someone else's rules Someone else has for many people that they've the, the book of their life has been written for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's this tension and dissonance that people can feel between something that's not theirs that they're trying to execute mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. not working.
0: Right. I'd say the vast majority of the population feels this way. I think, again, again, the schools are the one area we were talking about the earlier, Dora, is the mm-hmm. schools are what kind of automatically make people feel the sense of, you know, conformity and regularity and consistency. And yet, like you being four years old, you're like, I don't want to play this game. And I love that. And there are a lot of people like you out there and like me, cause I feel like I'm outside the box. thinker. I never fit in. Yes. I was goth in eighth grade back when nobody was doing it. Uh, and I love that time because yeah. I knew I had to be me no matter what. And I didn't care what people thought. And so the older we get, I love that, that you are showing you are not giving into the whole society what life needs to look like you're saying i'm going to do it my way when on your travels i mean what are the reactions to you when you travel like when do you meet other people like you or are people like thinking i want to do what you're doing or people are thinking you're crazy what do you get
1: a little bit of everything (laughs) a little bit of, of all of those things i rarely dora has met in her travels more people who had become nomadic than me Um, So I don't know why that is. Maybe the places Um, she was visiting, perhaps?
2: uh, Also, there's a huge uh, yoga teacher community. Yoga teachers tend to... um, travel a lot and work in different places in the world. So most of the nomads I know they are yoga teachers.
1: Ah, so it's like this super super subset of nomads who are <laughs> who are yoga teachers and they have become nomadic because they can teach in different places. But for the maybe the places I was traveling, i d de- I've definitely met people who were like, Oh, we're taking a year off and it's like, No, you're taking a year on, bro. Like Right This you is like know you know, like this is not <laughs> a year off of what? You know, off of getting in your car with a cup of coffee and stopping at Starbucks and sitting at your computer terminal all day and, Uh you know, saving for retirement. So when you're older, you, you know, aren't as agile as you are now. And so you can't even spend the money in the most exciting way that you could now. Like, I don't understand any of these concepts that people, uh, especially in American society. I mean, it's, it's definitely a Westernized concept, but in America, in this, you know, I don't want to say I'm anti-America, I'm still an American citizen, but I mean the capitalism here and the greed um, and the bigger, better, more, faster mentality here is it's a, it's just, I don't get it. Yeah. And I'm slower, less.
0: Uh huh.
1: And I feel like my life is infinitely more, certainly um, I hate, I kind of hate this buzzword of being authentic because I'm not always authentic, but it's infinitely more in the now and full of a lot of adventure and a lot of fun and not a lot of stress.
0: Yeah. Oh, don't we all want that? Yeah. You know, one mm-hmm. thing, um I, I also want you guys to share how you two met, but um when you, um, by the tra- all the travels you've been doing and you're meeting lots of people, actually, I, let me go to YouTube because now I'm like I want to go there. I want to talk sure. about YouTube. Mm-hmm. But um, it is regards to law of attraction because I know I've attracted my soulmate and your post and this is a soulmate relationship. But he, you did this amazing post, uh, blog post, and if you don't mind, I can share it on here. Please, oh, to it, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> but what I love is that, um, how do you find someone who's willing to live? the way you are living. And it's that law of attraction. It's like, like a needle in a haystack, right? Yeah. And so you really put that out there and that's in your blog post and how important it is for you to find someone who's wanting to live this life. And she happens to be beautiful. So you scored.
2: Uh, thank you. <laughs> but Dora has
0: also chosen this nomad life. So maybe before we talk about your journey together, Dora, why don't you say what led you into this life?
2: Um, well, we have actually, when we first talked, it was about loss because I have a similar story. Like you just said, when you have a traumatic experience in your life and you kind of lose things, you realize that you cannot control life. Mm-hmm. Um, in my case, uh, I had a long relationship. We were not married because I don't actually believe much in marriage, um, although I come from a very Christian country, which is Portugal, Portugal <laughs> but, yeah. Right. Okay. Um, but so I was with someone for 15 years and he, he died suddenly, mm. um, heart attack, and mm. that was brutal for me because we were both very young and I was uh, 36, he was 38, and it's, it's, it opens up definitely, um, in India, actually, there's um, a guru says that um, if if uh, loss uh, is the first step to enlightenment, because mm. you you feel oh, just so much of your soul mm. in that moment. There's, you know, mm. when you you have these big big losses in your life. He had one; it's definitely a big one, but a big one, unexpected one. You you are just there, and you cannot care about you know things like. Um, uh, you know what am i gonna wear tomorrow or you know is you just step into this soul realm mm-hmm. if you want it or not mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. so you so true yeah you have to actually listen to what your what do you feel what's life about really and that changed mm-hmm. they, that changed me a lot And from that moment on, I was not the same person. Mm -hmm. And I became very, very interested in everything that has to do with living in the now. Yeah, Because he Mm. talks about that a lot. And I also believe it's very important to live in the now. Because up until then, I was always thinking, oh, what am I going to do with my career? I was a translator, translating books. And I wanted to do this and I wanted to do that. And, yeah, and it's... uh, and it's 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 more about the now. What are you feeling now? What's happening to you now? Mm. What's happening to your heart, to your soul? And that's what happened to me. Uh, from that moment mm-hmm. on, I wanted to mm-hmm. um, be more in the now. And I realized that um, you don't need to be to have a lot of structure. And your soul actually wants to be more in the flow and move more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had decided that I'd um, that I wanted to be more in this flow, and and that's how um, being really honest to myself, I, I I was looking for someone who wants to do that as well. So I i I actually I, I believe in manifestation, mm-hmm. and so I, I wrote a lot of, like lists of oh what, yeah, yeah yeah, and I, I have lots of drawings and of what kind of a man do I want to have now? And you, uh-huh. you
1: haven't
2: shown me those drawings. Yeah. Actually, actually when, when I met him, I was like, like you said, I, it's, it's just perfect. It's, it's him. You, you just yeah. know. Yeah. You just know. And, and those lists are powerful. Yeah. And because in a way he was already, um, everything that I wanted, that I, it's not, it's, I mean, it's not a, it's not a, you know, I want this and this and this, so I want, have to get this and this. It's not that. It's more like it, it aligns with your soul. It's not yeah. like a tran- transaction or anything. I'm not talking about that. Right. I'm talking about this alignment.
0: Well, and I think what it is, as we were talking earlier, is when you do the work, you find who you are, like you did through your loss, and Stephen, you did through your loss, and you spend all that time really getting to know you and yourself. Yeah. So when you come into a relationship like this, when you know it's a soulmate relationship, it's because you're coming in as two holes, right? Absolutely. Versus two halves. Yeah. And so, Dora, you are wanting someone to help you grow, and same for you, Stephen. And when we come together... Hmm. And that place, it is you just know, and I tell people all the time because this is also about soulmate relationships. This, yeah. this podcast, because so many people come to me and like, you know, is this the one? I'm like, you would not question it. Yeah, <laughs> when you find the one, there's no doubt in my mind, yeah. and um, it just flows. And it again, it's you did the list, and you did you also do something? What did you do, Steve? Uh,
1: I had a little bit of a different. Uh, way into that which was uh, making the same mistakes over and over again to the point of being like uh, I think I finally realize I'm doing the same thing over and over again and I'm compromising and now it's time to draw the line in the sand in my own integrity Mm -hmm. and not budge on these specific characteristics, attributes. We're not talking about the way they look or, right. uh, but about beliefs and mindsets. Um, and, and once I finally got those straight and said, I'm going to, uh, it may never happen. This person may not exist, but I, I have to abide by these. Once that happened, a day later is when we connected.
0: Nice. It's that fast. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I did the crazy. same thing. I got very clear and I said, God, you you better send me someone who is going to help me on my path. Cause I do believe I needed him. And I do like mm. for me and mm. my soul and what I'm doing in my career, I absolutely could not have done it or cannot do it without my sweetie. So mm-hmm. it's, it's that spiritual, like, okay, here you go. You finally got clear. Yes, It's that clarity, mm. but the
1: clarity takes, takes uh, some courage because what a lot of people do is they settle. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's mediocrity and they're like, well, this is good enough. And then as, as you get older, you know, I'm in my fourth decade of life. And uh as you get older, you start to think you've got these timelines, you know, maybe running in your head, if I don't get this and this person by this, that means I won't have these things. And so all of a sudden you start making these uh you start acquiescing maybe on some of these principles.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh or in a combination with that you've become jaded and cynical with the world mm-hmm. and with relationships. You are know, like, well, this is how all blank are men or women or wh- right. whatever partner you want. You, you put them in a bucket and they're like, they're, they're all like that. I'm never going to meet this, this enlightened person that I want to meet or whatever it is, those, those characteristics or attributes that you're looking for. And so you have this jaded thing. And so now you've got this energy of, of wanting, mm-hmm. okay, which is much more needy. It's like a need thing versus uh, knowing that this is what you will not settle for.
0: Right. Okay? And those
1: are two very different things. Yeah. Having this desperate, needy, and you know, you said about the whole, I couldn't agree more, I think one of the worst modern lines of any uh, American movie that, 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 that had ever come out that, 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 that uh, reinforces the romanticized view of love is Jerry Maguire's you complete,
0: complete me. me. Yeah. <laughs> there is nothing
1: more incorrect right. than that line. Yet it's mm. was it, you know people swooned when when he said that mm. and, and and it's like are you walking around as a half of a person? Yeah. And you need some other person that's ridiculous. Yeah.
2: And then there's also um, a very interesting line by D.H. Lawrence. He wrote that in a poem, poem where he said, there's nothing more offensive than to say to a woman, you are perfect. It's in a way like, because both things are the same. You are idealizing uh, and objectifying, uh, objectifying. not necessarily
1: objectifying in a sexual way. You're objectifying your idea of what you want this other person to be. Uh-huh. And we often confuse the difference between the relationship that we want, the idea, and the person who is enacting that role of your partner in the relationship. Those are not the same thing. Yeah. And we, so many people get lost on what the relationship should be. Uh-huh. And you can't have the relationship without the person. Right. And we're and again, we're still talking in the very traditional realm of monogamy,
0: uh-huh. right?
1: That we all kind of generally accept because mm-hmm. Dora and I are both reading a book that's called uh, Sex at Dawn, which is this very fascinating book. And not that we necessarily believe in non monogamy or polyamory, but I'm fascinated by it from a biological, evolutionary, mm-hmm. psychological perspective that um, that, that they're what they are saying in this book or what they're trying to, to, to prove is that human beings, it's an idea, it's a construct. It's not a biological mm-hmm. physiological thing for monogamy and it's really fascinating. So even within, so as much as I'm talking about being outside of the box, I am personally a serial monogamous and I believe in that mm-hmm. and so does Dora. And I'm okay with being in that box, but mm-hmm. it's the other boxes, the ones that i broke out of early
0: but i think that the truth is is we all have something um very individual all have um we knowing who we are we have a unique quality to all of us and the thing is i love this word i've heard this and i use this every time i meditate but surrender Mm -hmm. Just surrender, Mm -hmm. surrender to whatever comes to you. And that's being in the now, right? Surrender. Mm -hmm. So surrender your feelings, surrender to what the universe is going to bring you. Because the universe usually brings you something better than we can expect. And so if you surrender to this idea of I'm not coming up with a plan, which is what you've done. You have no idea what's next, but you're surrendering to that. That seems to me would serve you in all areas of your life.
1: Yeah. It's just that it's It's, it could be very scary and sometimes I don't like it, but, um, <laughs> and thank you for
0: sharing that. I think it's also like, not that I want, you know, this to be negative, but what are the downsides to doing? Oh, it's, doing?
1: it's, uh, I, or maybe
0: down. That's how I'm growth. Yeah.
1: I, think I mean, there are opportunities, <laughs> right? You know, everything is the the idea of like, is it a failure or did you learn something from it? I mean, was it a failure or you just have removed what doesn't, what isn't a good match for whatever you're doing? So why the idea of things being a failure or a mistake or whatever, it's really just how you frame it. Right. Right,
0: Absolutely. I don't think there's anything negative. I think there's just contrast.
2: Yeah. Like
0: Abraham Hicks would say, or it's just, um, what, how can I grow from this? What can I learn from this?
1: Yeah. So I, I like to play with words and phrases and, and make up my own terms And so we were talking earlier, I have another acronym, which is Z-O-U, Zone of Uncertainty. And I started thinking about this as I was moving into um, not having a house and what does it mean to have a home? Is a home a physical place? Is it the people that are around you? Do you need the physical place? How how do you define what home is? Mm. Um, and, And I wanted to play with that and I wanted to ask myself questions In real time, in my own kind of path of the Buddha, you know, we all are on some kind of a journey and there's no real new journeys, right? There's nothing new that any of us are really thinking, Um, but we're all just playing with these ideas in ways that work for us. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to ask myself questions of like, well, who am I without a job, without a career title without a profession without other titles like being a husband without being a dog owner or a homeowner and the only title that i really took on was this this title of being a nomad mm-hmm. and and so i was forced to act to, to to be in some situations where i don't know what's going on and then i doubled down for myself because i'm a little i don't know a little bit crazy i guess i doubled down by purposely putting myself in situations where I knew things were going to be sticky and messy and convoluted and very, very nebulous. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned before I not once have I used a guidebook. I don't travel with a guidebook. Um, so often I just show up at a, in a city and just figure things out.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I
1: like to have the first night of where I'm staying, but sometimes we don't, i don't do that dora has done mm, that before or
2: doing something that really that is totally unknown for you uh like I, you did some like for example doing a vipassana meditation is totally unknown it's fair for some people they can't stand it or being in silence I, uh, for almost a month or something that you have never done before it really really scares you it's totally out of your comfort zone yeah, uh, I remember if I can tell this little story. Yeah. One of the first things that was um, that I did that was for me out of my comfort zone was um, when I decided to go to India um, for my birthday and around Christmas time. When usually that was always a time that I would spend with my family, or there would be at least someone to say happy birthday to me. And it was I felt very scared at the fact that there would be no one to say happy birthday to me. And, and I went there, and I did a program. Really scary. Everything was different, and I didn't know what would happen. And on that day, I, I met a, a woman there, and she asked me if I would take care of her child. And he was a really cute boy. Just for the day. Just for, for the day. day. Yeah. It was my. It was. It was my birthday, and. And I was like, it's my birthday. I'm sitting here. I don't know anyone. So she she asked me that. And I took care of him in the afternoon. And there was another lady that passed by and said, oh, can you also take care of my child? And that, so I was playing with these two children. And there was a woman that she she passed by and she, and she asked the boy, where's your mother? And he pointed at me. That's my mother. And I felt <laughs> that's a little um, um, unexpected gift because it's, it's a little bit like, you know, um, your heart is present. So you, you get, that was like, happy birthday for me. Oh, you know, like he yeah. loves me that much. And he's like, he forgot his mother. So. <laughs> <laughs> that That's, says a lot about you. Yeah. right? Yeah. So it's more like, I had this idea in my mind. I need someone uh, that I know around me to say happy birthday. Cause I, otherwise I will feel very lonely, but there will always be someone if you are there with your heart and present there will always be someone that gives yeah. give you that
1: it's kind of like you know again in western culture we think about pushing ourselves or um and it's often in the framework of business or education you know these 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 very kind of set concepts but what we don't do enough and which i think is where we should be pushing is pushing our emotional limits and testing ourselves and asking ourselves tough questions. But what people tend to do, and I I can almost hear myself being a little bit judgy and I, I, I don't mean to be that way, but I, I, I find it frustrating that so many people seem to be stuck. Um, and I myself was stuck and I'm still stuck in certain parts of my life. It's not like I'm totally free and liberated and I'm not, but, um, we we walk around with this belief system that that kind of dictates how, how things are going to be, and so um, it's testing our own reactions to things. We become you, I'm my own experiment, mm-hmm. and I put myself in places where I can see how I'm going to react. Mm-hmm. And if you're reacting with resentment, with fear with uh, anxiety, unless someone's coming at you with a shiv, you know, with a knife,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. right? You're probably not in danger. But if you're reacting in situations where you feel like your ego is challenged and you need to be defensive and someone's even yelling horrible things at you, they're just words. Mm -hmm. We decide if we want to give those words meaning. You know, it's like the four agreements, you know, um, some of those, uh, Mm -hmm. be, be careful with the words that you say. But also on the flip side of that is to not take yourself so seriously. Mm-hmm. And I think that people should be pushing themselves in the areas of that. We, that what is happening to us is a response or a reaction to the stimuli around us. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference between responding and reacting. Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when you are reacting, it's out of fear. It's out of like the, the animalistic and a response to me denotes a, a more measured, more centered, more heart based way to mm-hmm. to give uh, the message back to what is happening. Mm-hmm. So, um, th- those are not, those two words are not synonymous yes. to me. And oh, a so response because you is have. Res- yeah. It's,
2: it's- also, because the word response ability.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that's important. more
2: like. You know, you like taking actually... responsibility
1: for the way that you respond. And so would, unless you're physically in danger, like everything is subject to interpretation in your own mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you were using the word surrender, and I, I think it's a perfectly fine word. And some people use the word acceptance and, and, but they're really two sides of the same coin, which is. Letting go this mm-hmm. idea of control. We were speaking earlier. So many of us, including myself, even in nomad life, I need to control the my physical things. I only have two bags, but I know where they all are at all times. And I have this mm. little system for making sure I don't lose things, especially when I'm moving locations all the time. So I have my own little systems of control. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm more open to things being more fluid in a bigger sense about where I am, where I'm sleeping. Some people are like, I would never sleep on this kind of a bed. I'm like, I'll sleep anywhere, <laughs> whenever. Like, you know, if there's lizards around, whatever. Like, yeah. So it's all about your own thresholds. And the more you try to control every facet of your life, the more difficult your life is going to be to enjoy it because you're trying to dial in every, it's like a giant cockpit and you're trying to dial everything as opposed to just let the plane sail, glide. Mm-hmm. But if you're dialing everything in, you're, you're just wasting a ton of energy to something that you're never going to get right.
0: Right. And, you know, how have you changed? They obviously probably changed, grown tremendously in the last three years. Like, do you recognize your old self, especially probably being back here in Portland? Do you ever sit there and go, wow, I've really grown and changed or. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, the one thing
2: Dora
1: and many other people have n- noted about me who get close to me is I can be hard on myself, and I don't tend to see sometimes the changes or the shifts or the increases, and I sometimes can look at what hasn't changed as opposed to what has changed, uh, and okay. so sometimes I don't always see that. Um, so I, I don't know if I can totally answer that. I know when I'm back here, I I get, um, and I need to do my continuing in my own work. I need to. Do more work about accepting where just where everyone else is at. You know, not mm-hmm. everyone can should live this kind of life that we've chosen. It's extreme. Mm-hmm. There's other ways to do it. You know, you can keep a home base and go travel for a few months time. So I'm not advocating that everyone do this, mm-hmm. um, but what I am advocating is to at least question your belief system, yeah. and that if you feel some kind of dissonance and And so many people don't even feel the distance because they're moving too fast. So I had this whole thing about slowing down, Uh, slowing down everything to like a really slow pace. And a lot of people don't want to slow down because I think they know in the back of their mind that if they do, all their worries and fears are going to rush in.
0: And that's what I was thinking when I was saying how much you've grown and changed because you've slowed down. You've been by yourself a lot on the travels. And so when you're slowed down like that and you don't have all those distractions, you don't have all (sighs) the the responsibilities all of a sudden all you have is you and so Uh, when you're sitting there staring at you how could you not grow because like you said you can either stay with it or find something else to run away i can be
1: in Kathmandu as long as i've got an internet connection i can get lost just like anybody else (laughs) facebook or something like that so it's like unless you're totally off the grid um and you have no way to really communicate with anyone else and you maybe even have not a lot of people around I can distract myself very well.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. The mind always finds ways to distract itself from what it doesn't want to actually stop and yeah. listen uh-huh. to the soul. Right. Sometimes. And,
1: and mean, one interesting yeah. thing that's come up with, we've been living this, this very kind of cool, adventurous life for the last couple months. And we've been spending a lot of time together and we realized that we haven't really spent much time apart. And I, and I, I'm getting this feeling of like, I, I need to, you can keep moving forward, which is great. Um, I don't want to sit in my past because that's not going to get you anywhere. Um, but there does need to be some time to kind of reflect, to just sit with what's going on so that you can have these insights and put mm-hmm. little pieces together. And when you're, when you, there's always movement, mm-hmm. I think it's difficult for at least for me to process at the same time. So, and because I have lots of time, um, I'm glad to be back in Portland where we're slowing down a little bit, but we're really looking forward to in October when Dora has some less responsibilities than what she has now working remotely um, and managing uh, an Airbnb property that she has, where she doesn't have to do that anymore. We both are going to get a chance to really slow down Mm -hmm. individually and as a couple. And and I'm eager to see what that
0: Mm happens reveals so I think what makes you guys interesting at least for me is that you are living in the flow and just seeing what comes next and I'm doing that too as an entrepreneur I think that's what I actually love about being an entrepreneur and it's also the scariest thing about being an entrepreneur and scariest thing about you guys is to not know but there's something exciting about not knowing and I think for me it's faith what is it for you guys what gets what makes that unknown okay
2: For me it's like your soul will be Guiding you, yeah. It's not. Ta- it's not. It's actually silence. So you have this yeah. space of silence that makes you just go. Yeah. More like a a silent path for me. Yeah.
1: I think for me it's it's some version of faith. I'm 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 not ver- I'm not religious. More spiritual, and I know people say that a lot, but uh, I. Believe in my own little, you know, Disneyland of my mind that that everything is is going to be fine. And I'm less interested in details these days yes. this part of my life as okay. I am about like big picture kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. even Dora and I were talking, I was like, I, I don't know what our future looks like. I just know that you're in it. I'm in yours. And that's really all that matters. And I want to be healthy and safe and have a place to sleep every night and, I you know, that. have my kind of uh, – Maslow's hierarchy of needs covered for sure so that we can think about self-actualization things but it's you it's about you have to believe in your own vision of what you want like you were saying and if you doubt it if you you know if you say like I said before the relationship you say I believe I'm entitled to having someone but it's coming from a place of need Mm -hmm. as opposed to this is just, you know, I, I'm complete on my own. And this is like the icing on the cake. If it, if it comes from that place, it's you're sending a mixed message to the universe or whatever you want to call it, infinite intelligence. Right. And, and you also have to believe that there is a connectivity between that. Some people don't believe that. And, and remember, everything that I'm saying is coming out of my mouth is an opinion. <laughs> right. It's not a fact. Right. It's only a fact in my mind.
0: Right. There That's are no, a,
1: there are no facts. Right. And I can even argue with you that two plus two is not four yeah. only in the world that we say that that's what these numbers are. And that's what words are and words have meaning. If you really want to get existential about it, nothing means anything. Right. Right. I know. Yeah. So I acknowledge that I live in this little bubble And I live in like a health bubble and, and I'm, you know, I'm so in terms of my safety and I do somewhat risky things and I don't always have active insurance going on and people are like, that's insane. I don't have any retirement really. And I... Don't have any income at the moment. I'm living off some savings, and people are like, "What's your plan?" I was like, "I don't know when I need to make money. It'll happen." <laughs> right. right now, I'm well, just enjoying faith. it. <laughs> that's right.
0: the faith, and that's, that's the part that gets me going too. It's that faith. But I think to have that faith is we're completely in the now, and 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 just being right. We're human beings.
2: We're being. You have to yeah. be. It's supposed we're. to doing yeah. right. You just right. Forget to be. Human. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, this is this is. Just fantastic. And I really appreciate your guys' journey. And I appreciate that you guys are helping other listeners in who may think, this is this the kind of life I wanna live? But more than that, I think is the emotional part of just following your 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 passion, following your heart and just be in the now. So that's how I kind of want to end this conversation because I think that's a really beautiful beautiful way to
2: live yeah guys. we are also the nomads
1: so the nomads. <laughs> yeah i i coined this thing instead of a nomad m spelled in the traditional way i've added a w so it's Nomad.
2: oh
0: Nomad. Right? awesome and so
1: we've been playing with that and we have a little instagram thing that's that's now mad love and but this this idea of being a nomad in the now
0: And you know what, guys? I think someday they're going to be writing a book or be doing something and they're going to be New York Times bestsellers. And you heard them here first on my podcast. (laughs) Yes, that is right. Well, anyway, thank you so much, guys, for being here. Thank you, all of you, for listening. If you have a wonderful story to share and you want to be on my podcast just go to my website at uh, www.michelle-joy.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-E-J-O-Y.com. And thank you so much for listening and happy manifesting.
1: Thank you. <laughs>